Hello there. Welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars podcast that usually gives you the news. But whenever there's a TV show that is on Disney+, Plus, which seems to be every bloody week these days, it's a good job we don't cover Marvel, isn't it? We would never stop. When there's a Star Wars TV show, we'll give you the skinny on that TV show. And of course, today we are about to discuss Andor, episode 5, The Axe doesn't forget oh the axe never forgets i forget i'm not an axe i'm a tree man was it that or was it the tree forgets i don't know we'll get to that deeper meaningful there because it was sort of good sort of wasn't it was like hallmark sentiment you know we'll get to that later on before we do that i need to do two things though number one i need to tell you about getting involved on the line over on twitter spark rebellion dot com slash twitter where you can have a bit of bants with us you can send us gifts what you can't do is send us DMs, unless you follow us, because that's online safety. There, kids, just look after yourselves online. That session brought to you by online safety. And the second thing I need to do is tell you about our patron. If you want to get involved, you know, if you enjoy the show, if you want some swag, get involved at sparkrebellion.com slash Patreon, and we'll send you a sticker. We're not very good with that, to be fair. Uh, we do have some envelopes now. Went out and bought some just this week. Some little D3 from the Royal Mail, Saeed, at the local post office. He said, what are you doing back? I said, getting some envelopes, Saeed. He said, all right, £1.26. So, good. And now, it is time to bring on... He's actually one of my top three people uh, on this podcast, which is good. It is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Gary Aylert. All right, mate, you've got a week off, haven't you? A few days off, actually, not a week. And uh, you're looking fresh for it. How you been? You all right? Oh, I'm doing very well, thank you, buddy. Yeah, I'm a few days off, a bit of downtime, a bit of uh, R&R, as they say, catching up on a few things. You know how it is. I do you know, know how it is. What have you been doing then? Give us two things that you've done. I'll give you one, and then wow. one more if you need it. <laughs> so I've been doing some gardening, which is, which is. is good. Green fingers and all that. Wow, good. What kind of gardening? Weeding, the, painting, uh, pruning? I uh, had the gloves on, so no fingers, <sighs> but... Um, uh, very basic, mate. So, technically, this is technical talk now. Uh, I mowed the lawn, got the old mower out, did that, and then I went around the border and got rid of all the stuff that's growing up through the soil in preparation to put some plants down. Mm. Yeah. So, rock and roll, of course. I don't waste, you know. As as the saying goes, live fast, die old. So, die old in the garden, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good for you though. A bit of fresh air gets you away from the desk, you know. Gets you away from doing uh, doing computer work, as your grandma would say. Works for computers, does our Gary? Works for computers from Leeds. So. She might be, yeah. She might be. Good. Who knows? But uh, that's a thing, isn't it? You know, when you say uh, it's just a common thing, right? Oh, you use yeah. a computer, don't you? Can you come and fix this? Whatever. No, I can't. Happens all the time. It's so unrelated. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh, you work with computers, don't you? Well, I I work on a computer. Oh, can you sort my printer out? Nope. Why? Because I don't work with printers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if you've got a basic understanding of what I do, which is actually wrong, at least understand that that's unrelated to the thing that you need. 
Totally yeah. related. Like, it's like my dad, right? He's an electrician. It's like me, <laughs> like going up, all right, dad. Yeah, you, average. You work with screwdrivers, don't you? You uh, fix this pair of pliers for us. And he'll be like, no, because I'm not a plier manufacturer. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? That's the Do way you know it what goes. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Good Lord. Anyway, we are here to discuss Star Wars. We digress all the time. We're constantly descending. I've said this at least three times over the last four weeks. We are now that podcast that's like two guys talking shit before you get to the meat. Seating like the podcast movement community. Like, get to the meat quickly. Get to the meat quickly. It's all the entrepreneur bros that are like, you got to give value up front to hug people in. And we're just like, we're just talking shit about Star Wars for like an hour. We're good. It's fine. Oh. You don't have to listen. It's this is so bad. This is so bad. It's like all the <laughs> advice we've given to people, the podcasters. It's like, yeah, don't long out the intro, right? Just get to the get to the meat and potatoes, and yeah. you'll be all right. <laughs> so like, well, I did do the thing yeah. though. The intro, you know what they always say. You know, and this is like our advice as well. Yeah, I did a little thing at the beginning. We're going to talk about Andor, and then it just you know, fucking digress. But we're not here to sell a course. We're not here to like get sponsorship. We're not here to like get you on an email or email list. Yeah, we're no, we're no, we? we're not fussed about that. Nah, what? Well, nah, we're here for the, on the website, don't we? Here for the free little, toys, aren't we? Little sign up section. I don't know where that goes, but pop your deets in. It's all good. Internet, internet. But With a uh, what are you done somewhere? What are you done, Star Wars? Uh, I've not done anything Star Warsy other than hover over the old order. I'm in two minds about whether to order the reprint of the recent Darth Vader omnibus. I really am in two minds about it, dude. It's a good price as well. It's the one that came out. It, so it, it was reprinted back in May this year. Then it went out of stock really quickly because everybody jumped on the reprint because it was only like 60 quid or something. And on eBay, it's been £200 for ages. And now it's come back into stock again. And I'm like, oh, do I, do I risk it for a second slash third time, whatever it's going to be? So I don't know, man. It's the really good one as well. It's the whole, the whole run from like two, three years worth of Vader, like 750 pages worth. It looks good. Yeah, so I don't know. Sweet. What do you think? Should I? I don't know. I don't know, man. It depends on your view on collecting stuff like that, like... I'll probably never reread those things. I'll read them once, maybe twice. So I'm more, I would normally just digital that. Because, um, mm. you know, it's like you get into that and then you need the one after it. And you need, it's like when you got, like, say if you got Blackest Night from Green Lantern. Oh shit, I need Brightest Day now. Or like War of the Green Lanterns or... So it's... Yeah. yeah I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's great. I think it depends on your storage and your rereadability. You know what I mean? Because then you go down, do you get the Obi-Wan stuff? Do you get everything else? But that is a good price and it is a great, it's a great bit of content. So I think it's if you can store it and you're going to reread it, I'd get it. But if you're not, I'd just digital it. True. With the old Marvel Unlimited thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's given me a little bit of, progressed a little bit there. I'm at it really is only now. a tiny bit as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tiny bit of progression. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. Other than that, dude. No other Star Wars other than playing with my lightsaber. Obviously. Well, you've been off, haven't leave you? That, leave that down to you. Sorry. Been off work. Mm. Good, 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 good. You? Not touched your lightsaber, shall you? Not, not been anywhere near it. Not this week. Not this week. Too much of a commute. <laughs> 
not fussed on that one. Especially uh, just what? to do that. Not worth Damn it. it. God, so. take me out for a meal. I mean, that's Chinese. <laughs> I want to be wooed. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, what have I done Star Wars here? Um, not much, actually. I uh, have not done much. The reason for that is because I've been reading. I finished that Star Wars book and then started on a... He's got his lightsaber out on the video. Oh, your book? What book's that? The, no, um, I finished that Shadow of the Sith one. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, uh, no. And I started reading another book that's not Star Wars, which I've then finished. So I'm sort of, I don't know, not really done much, but I've watched Andor. So for you listening out there, Gaz's got his actual lightsaber. Is this a new lightsaber, is it? Or is it one you've had for a while? Listen. Shh, shh. Hello there. Wow. I'm not messing about, mate. Wow. So, oh, that's pretty that cool. In. Is that a new one then? No, new batteries oh. though. Oh, I get it. It was a weird inside. When I took the batteries out, there's all this turquoisey gunk in there. That's called oxidized copper, Gary. That's been a while since that's been in there. Well, I get a chance to play with it mm. now that I'm married. I get that. Can't get the old lightsaber out that often. Squeeze it in when you can, haven't you? Get the Close the windows so you can see the light, obviously. Get the blinds <laughs> closed. And uh, swinging around. On that note, let's move on to Andor episode five. Very quick Mark style recap, which will have no details and we'll just generally call everyone bloke, thing or them. Let's go. We should do like a sequel pitch countdown. You know, like they do a 30 second recap or a 60 second recap. We should get a clock for this, but we haven't got one. So we're not mm, going to do it. Countdown. Anywho. Clock. Yeah. John, seven. Louise, six, maybe seven. Go on then, Louise. Give us your six. Foot. So four, that Louise. Right. Well, the seven's a five then, so I'm out. That's a nice Tanetan button. It already is a word, so... We're good. We can count now. Right, what a digression. Andor, <laughs> episode five. It was a pretty slow-moving episode, but it actually, it seemed to set the scene. We guessed, I think we guessed right last week, guys, where it's the second of a three-episode arc, the invasion, the attack on this Imperial garrison to get those quarter, is it quarter mil or millions of credits? I forget, uh, to get the payroll. So we see Andor under a little bit of suspicion from the crew that he's now riding with. It all comes out that he's being paid after he makes a choice to tell the people that he's riding with, thanks to, frankly, him getting rumbled for having the old Kyber necklace from Luthien, uh, which is worth 30, 40, 50,000 credits, and he got clocked with that. So there's a little suspicion. It was sort of your classic second act in one of these stories. The first act is always the mysterious stranger. The second act is always the suspicion and the reconciliation, followed by the value that this guy can add uh, to the team that they previously didn't have. And this, you know, thus they become a team. And that sure enough happened here, where it became apparent that the guys who were going to attack this Imperial garrison actually had no idea how to pilot the big ship out of it through the eye, which was their only escape. I quite like the idea of that, actually. And then, running parallel to that, we saw a little bit of Stellan Skarsgård's uh, Luthien, and it was basically him just being a little bit nervous about this raid going down, which seemed to be a little bit out of character for that uh, that particular character. It seemed a little bit odd 
um, just based on the way that they've written his partner, the, the, the person that runs the shop with him and just, you know, trying to calm him down a little bit. It seems like there's a lot on the line when it comes to this raid, because as we know, Mom Mothma's funds are running dry. She's getting watched more and more and more and more and more. And that's why this is such a vital thing to keep the funding just rolling a little bit for this nascent rebellion. Speaking about Mothma, we saw that she wasn't in it that much. Genevieve O'Reilly wasn't in it that much, but we did see her a little bit. Very testy, very strenuous relationship, certainly with her husband, certainly with her daughter now that was introduced as they head off to a dinner. A lot of resentment from the daughter, um, who appears to be 14, 15, so probably born around the time that um, the empire rose to power. The new, Rep sorry, the old republic was 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 kind of dissolved and, and changed into the empire, um, which seemed to pull Mon Mothma all over the place. And it seems that she's dedicated those years to the rebellion, to really the upkeep of her image in the eyes of the rest of the Senate and, of course, the empire, uh, to avoid and to subvert any suspicion, which clearly didn't work. <clears throat> so we see a lot of resentment there. We see. Uh, a little bit of, of feedback from her husband, who seems to be reading between the lines a little bit financially motivated, likes the life that they've got. And just generally, this episode was seemingly set up. A little bit slower than the last episodes. You know, not a bad episode, but certainly prep work, building the stakes steadily, which I think potentially we can do with this series with, with 12 episodes as opposed to something that's only got six like Obi-Wan. So, dude... Episode five, what say thee? Give us a quick recap. So a quick recap on scores and stuff. I think we've given it an 8.5 and an 8 prior to this. For me, I'm going to give this one a 7.5. This one. I want to go down just another notch on this one because I am still really enjoying it. I, I love the, the whole setup thing. But I am starting to get a little bit eager for a little bit of action that we saw in the first act or the first trilogy of episodes, uh, which is very cool. So, um, you know, there's only so much you can sit through people just discussing the plan. You know, we've had a lot of that. <laughs> and some of the things that we saw with, with Cassian training with these other rebels, you know, just practicing how to march like a, an Imperial officer and, and uh, running over the plan again and all that stuff. And the whole dishonest thing that's running through the group that sort of comes a little bit of a head just before they get to the camp. We've kind of seen that a couple of times already. So that's retreading the same sort of ground. I mean, it's still cool. It was still it was still good to have the the that build up over a, a few episodes, I guess, which I imagine next week we'll see this siege on the garrison from those guys properly, which would be cool. But... Uh, it was okay, and um, the other thing that made the score go down a little bit as well was we're really not getting much out of the other the other storyline, not the one you mentioned with Mon Mothma, but you remember Cyril Khan who got booted out when they shut down the the ISB. He's back home with his mum, down in the dumps, swirling the blue milk with the cereal, just not, you know, nothing's really happening there of any, all, all you're getting from that is he's just, depressed because he's lost his job doesn't really know what he wants to to crack on with now he's like well your uncle said you can do this this sounds great and he's like well that's bollocks as well sort of jump in on that one yeah. do you think there's something with the uncle like what's like he's, that sort of seemed like a weird thread 
for them to just like you know we'll we'll ring your uncle because he definitely knows what to do. I don't. What do you think that was there just to kind of put him down and to push him towards doing something like an inciting incident? Like I don't want to do this. Like who's this guy? You know he doesn't know me. Blah 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 blah. You know that family kind of. Um, you know, the figurehead of the family that everyone turns to and everyone just sort of sick of it and resents it? Or is it a bigger storytelling piece? Like, is that person related to something that we already know or a bigger picture thing? Like, which way do you think that one will go? Because there's potential there for it to be interesting. It just, it's just, it's moving pretty slowly right now. It is moving slow, yeah. And it could be. It could be that the, the, the uncle, whoever that turns out to be, is somebody, I would, it would be cool if that was somebody linked with the rebellion and he gets taken on as at least on the surface as this kind of you know whatever job it turns out to be but in reality it's more of a actually you can help like with this really big thing that's going on so that would be cool to see him go from kind of empire-ish sort of person you know to move over to the rebellion so that might be cool that might be something that i'd definitely like to see that whether that will happen i don't know he could just be like yeah he's the cleaner down at the local bowling alley so come and spray some shoes mm. <laughs> you know could be that who knows but yeah i just didn't see the sense of including him in this episode because mm. once you'd seen one scene of him just staring out the window you'd seen them all you know yeah it, it so. seemed to want to push that relationship with his mum a little bit and show mm. you know, maybe, <clears throat> i know what you're saying he seems an odd focus but it, he's clearly going to go one way or the other and, and end up working with Cassian or, you know, somehow working with the ISB, you know, Ooh, it, it yeah. will go, it's one extreme or the other, I think for that character, isn't it? Or he'll end up just being a stormtrooper. You, know, you think? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's got that kind of, because when we were first introduced to him, he had that very like by the book, mm. you know, down here with his rule book. Yeah. Doing all that stuff. And you get the feeling that he loves that sort of thing. Like, that's his, that's his thing. You know, like, let's do everything by the book. And that's very, that's very through the ranks of stormtroopers and stuff, you know. So mm. maybe it's that. Maybe we'll end up getting his ass kicked. Um, maybe he's a stormtrooper that bangs his head in the, in the Death be. Star, in A New Hope. Maybe that's him. He's oh, quite tall. That's the retcon. That's the retcon, dude. That's it. <clears throat> too much blue milk. They're retconning everything. Yeah, it was nice to see the blue milk back. We'll get some Easter eggs in a little bit, a little bit, because there's been some interesting ones in there. Um, what do yeah, you think, man. dude? Well, overall, on this one, same. Like, literally, same. echo your thoughts. It was. I was going seven, seven and a half. I'd go. I'd go seven on it. But um, I think this episode will be one of those that, when you watch this in the context, if you were to do a full rewatch, a little bit like some of those episodes of Obi Wan. If you were to watch it in the context of the entire series a little bit later and really kind of, you know, treat this as one big story, as is often the case with these Disney Plus things, I think it will hold up better because you will move from the first part of the arc to the last part of the arc with this in between and it will be the connective dot. It's the, it's the middle act, you know? Um, That's interesting because a lot of people, sorry to jump in, a lot of people did okay. say that if you watched Obi-Wan as one mm. long thing, like as this really long feature film. It makes sense how it flows between the acts. So maybe you're right there, dude. Maybe split this up into like, I don't know, four or like six episodes as a few films in a trilogy and they would all flow mm. nicely. Maybe. Yeah, I, I got that vibe mm. from Obi-Wan. Um, 
really got that. You can see the arc. You can see the, you know, the down on his look, the inciting incident, the redemption, you know, just a simple, very simple arc. Um, so I, I, I'm, I struggle to, to, to give this like a singular episode perspective because I know it's not. It's not like you're watching a, an episode of a program that is just, you know, like Smallville Freak of the Week stuff. There'd be a little bit of mythology maybe at the beginning, but it was always just a reference to the last week's mythology. Like, oh, did you find the crystal? Yeah. And then right, they'll do 40 minutes of some other shit, like Freak of the Week. Oh my God, there's Bug Girl. And then the last 10 seconds at the end, oh, the crystal's vibrating, better go to the North Pole. You know? So, <laughs> and so it tops and tails it with the mythology just enough to keep it moving, but it's sort of a wasted episode. It's like, um, you know, when you, you see the Clone Wars, it's like essential episodes of the Clone Wars to watch. And yet there are a lot of them, but it's not all of them, you know? So, and it was, so it's difficult because it's, it's not that with this. It, it's, it's, uh, it's clearly the thing that builds up to a sacrifice next week. Like one of those guys ain't leaving there, you know, probably the guy with the tattoos that he related to. He's probably dead because of that relationship that he built. You know, the guy that got the dagger around his neck mm. and said, give me the, give me the Kyber, you know, that whole, you're a bad guy. I'm not friends with you. Go on, then I'll be friends with you. We're good. Let's rely on each other. We have similar background. Oh, he died. He's a red shirt from start. He's gone. So it's, <laughs> I just feel like that's probably going to happen, you know, cause I can't see a place for him. Um, and it, it, it so for that, I don't know. So I suppose for that reason, it, it's got its place in the season. But it was a struggle to watch it. until after the last few weeks dialogue, you know, and like I said last week, getting to the end of last week and thinking, wow, that's the end of the episode. I'm sort of gutted. Didn't feel like that this week. It was when it got to the end of the episode, I was like, oh man, not much has happened. And I was grateful for the Stellan Skarsgård inclusion. Um, number one for the Easter eggs, which we'll get to in a bit. But number two, just because it felt like it, um, it gave more gravitas, and we use that word a lot with him, it gave more gravitas to the whole episode and the situation because you've got this kind of raid going on over here. You've got him worried about it. We still don't know how high up in the hierarchy he is. We don't know where my Mothma was going to. The stakes are building for her. Uh, and I think if it had just been the Cassian Andor situation on that planet, it it would have it really would have dropped. It really would have fallen a little bit flat because there was no, just didn't feel big enough. There was no, we don't really care about that band of people because we don't know them, you know. So mm -hmm. it was an odd one, man. It was it was an odd one, but I again I so I do see why it was there. So yeah, hard to review it in that. Yeah, it's odd in a way that it's still a really good watch and still really enjoyable. Yeah. It's yeah. just not got that. It almost it's almost very clever. Probably is very clever by the by the, the people making it. It's like we could give you ninety percent here, but we're gonna hold back. We're gonna give you seventy percent, you know, we're gonna hold back on the um the whole raid on the on the garrison, we're gonna hold back a little bit on um what's going on with, with Luthen? We're going to hold back a little bit on Mon Moth. We're just going to give you these little nuggets still at the moment, but we could give you everything if we wanted to. We could go hard already with the raid and see who dies and do all that stuff. And then we'll, you know, we'll, 
will recoup and, and build, you know, another little arc after that. So it's clever, man. It, it's cool that they are, like you mentioned at the beginning, it's this little mini trilogies as we go through. So this is very much the middle. It's like the Empire Strikes Back. And it's the uh, it's the bit where people are kind of getting their shit together before we get to the big thing. Hmm. So yeah. I wonder what the big thing will be at the very end of Andor, because I feel like we're going to have a couple of big things. Yeah, I think we'll get on in the next episode. I think we'll get, um, it, it will be one of those things where simultaneously you, simultaneously you see the stakes or the reveals happening, you know, where you end up with um, something going on with Luthien because, you know, he's got stakes in this, you know, something could, will happen to him. Certainly Mon Mothmery, she's off traveling to whatever a dinner or a gala or whatever it is that's going on there. Something will happen there. You know, the next tightening, the next closing around her, you know, it might even just be a throwaway little thing, you know, just a, a comment from a moth or from a, a governor of a particular sector that's just, you know, we know you're doing this or whatever, or I don't know, or an introduction of a new, you know, I don't know, something I think will happen there. Or it's, you know, something like Sorgera's rebel, rebel rebels, <laughs> you know, bombing something that, you know, she didn't know about and, you know, her having to act a little bit like, fuckers, look at these rebel bastards. And then her also thinking at the same time, oh shit, did we do this? So there's, there's a lot of directions that could go in that could be quite interesting. And then obviously the main siege, you know, something's going to go wrong. The, the thing, they'll, they'll probably struggle to get the, the ship going. You know, that's feels very logical. Um, so I feel like they'll bring something together in this episode and it, it sort of, you know, the first trilogy of episodes were, okay, I've come to recruit you, this one, this is your test. And then where do we go from there? You know, what what's the bigger picture? I'm just hoping that they do because I, I feel like, like the Book of Boba Fett, it didn't really have any stakes to it and there was no real payoff on that one. There was no, it didn't deliver anything, I don't think, which was a, a shame. You know, I think that was a, um, a missed opportunity in a lot of ways and I just I just want them to almost do what the Mandalorian did which is build up to something and deliver it you know you build up to everyone on that on that ship at the end and then you deliver Luke Skywalker and there's nothing wrong with the episode it's it's a the true crescendo you know and it peaks mm -hmm. it doesn't taper off at the end and I, I just hope they carry that through with this man yeah Exactly the same, dude. Because otherwise it will just be... Because um, then it will be a weird way to change the format sort of partway through the entire series. You know, we can't really have the sort of the mini trilogies giving us these little arcs. And then all of a sudden they just, you know, pull the rug from under you and it's like a, a different type of show after that. So I think we will. I think it'll be good. And I think that will, that will then give us the springboard into exactly who... Um, Luthen is working with because he's clearly working not just with Mon Mothra as we know but he's working with some other people that they don't want to tell us at the moment because they don't want to muddy the water clearly so I think that could be um, a couple of people one of them's quite far-fetched I think the other one is a little bit more so it could be something to do with it could be something to do with Crimson Dawn mm -hmm. that's a possibility because um all of that stuff's already happened in the timeline in the solo film. But now Darth Maul is running Crimson Dawn and we've mm -hmm. got What's-Her-Face, who's now the... That's it, yeah. Um, which kind of leads into one of the Easter eggs that yeah you were talking about. So one of them, you know, in 
um, in Luthen's office, we see the holocrons again. Mm-hmm. One of them is the same holocron that um, Kira's got mm-hmm. that we see. Yeah, that was in Foster's office, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how did Luthen get that? If it mm. is the same one, it could just be there's a few of them the same. Who knows? But it's a bit of a coincidence, isn't it? So he could be in leagues with those guys. And then the other thing related to that is he could it could be a Han Solo thing. It could be. Yeah. What do you reckon? Because that could be a... Well, Cassian said it was at Mimbum, which is that, you know, Mimbum was the, the battle in Solo and the mm. timing sort of roughly stacks up. Um uh, yeah, so there's there's a couple of things I think with that one. I think Kira is so related to Solo as well. Um, you know, so many Easter eggs in there, and, and that one, the two holocrons in particular. I mean, it's a funny one because then it, if he gets the Sith holocron from Crimson Dawn or from Dryden Voss, you know, where did he get the Jedi one from? Like, is he working with the old Jedi? You know, so it's there's got to be a certain layer of logic applied to that one. But you know, it, it would not be a stretch for. Kira to have given that as a gift, uh, you know, as a collectible gift, because he's clearly a collector, uh, as a mm. way of buying a little bit of loyalty. Plus, I think what would be interesting about that is that, you know, the Empire of the bad guys and the Rebellion are scrapping around as the good guys, trying to make ends meet, trying to do everything that they can do to kind of fight this machine. And it's, you know, the enemy of my enemy sort of scenario. You know, Maul's enemy is the Emperor. That's it. And the Jedi aren't around anymore and Maul just wants to take down the Emperor whilst also be a bit of a badass and, and, and make his way in the galaxy. And it sort of becomes that, you know, they're the bad guys, the Empire are the bad guys to everyone. Everyone else, it doesn't, we will ally with them if it helps. You know, and you can sort of see that mm. that would be quite an interesting push and pull between um, Mon Mothma as well. You know, where's the line that the Rebellion will not cross? You know, we do we work with bounty hunters? Do we work with organized crime? Do we work with the huts? Do we work with Crimson Dawn? So it's, that could be quite interesting, I think. Solo, uh, it's a funny one because Akira getting so much attention in the books. When we said this like three months ago, dude, you know, she's getting a lot of attention in the books. She really is. I don't know if they're, I'd be shocked if they're done with Han Solo. The tone of this fits the Solo movie. And you don't need a Jedi for those characters to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think it's that far-fetched. But I'd, my only potential sticking point would be the fact that Han is so staunchly against joining the Rebellion when they meet Luke and Obi-Wan. But maybe Ooh, we find true. out why. Maybe we find out. Well, maybe this is why, you know? That is true. Yeah. Because I don't think... I think you're right. I think I think Kira is probably... Would be a, a safe bet. If you were to say who from the solo film, that kind of era, would you would you bet on being in Andor? It's, she would probably be the one you'd put your money on for sure. But I don't know. There's something about a little cameo from What's-His-Face, Alden... Alden, yeah, uh, Aaron Reich, is it? Yeah, um, there's something about that. I don't know. I've just got a, but yeah. But now you've said that though, you're absolutely right because Han was so when we first see him in A New Hope, he's so against joining anything. You know, he just wants to do it on his own, just wants to make money and just bugger off. 
And that's only five years in the future in this timeline. Precisely. Which, yeah. Granted, is is a chuck if you think back. You know what have I done in five years personally? There's a lot gone on, but actually, it's only five years at the same time. You know, so this is five years after Solo happened. Um, it just seems to be Luthan's bag as well. It does. It does. It you does. Know, because and he's, he did. Go on, ahead, man. Go on. I was going to say because he's put together this little band of rebels. He's now got these dudes that are kind of misfits in a way, I guess. But you know, they've they've all got a shared hatred of some level for the Empire, so they're all good. But now he's going off to look at people that can layer up on top of that. People like and uh, Cassian, Han Solo, all these other people that can be who don't particularly at first they don't particularly like the empire but they just need a bit of a push and that pushes money and that just seems to fit han solo's mo for wanting to do something like that so who knows man hmm. yeah it's an interesting one dude and I, it's, it's we're always surprised by a lot of these things because we we sort of i think as fans you go for the obvious you know which which is you know what we also almost want the fan service to be. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Like we got the flashbacks in Obi-Wan as we thought we would do. But there was a lot of stuff that we didn't get in a lot of other things that that we would have liked. And, and I, it's, uh, I think it's how cohesive do they want to make this? I, I, it, is Genevieve O'Reilly and Mon Mothma a big enough tie to the original trilogy for the casual fan to think that's the original trilogy relationship? You know, because... You've got to know what's going on with Mon Mothma and to know that that's her in Return of the Jedi that's saying the Bothans got us this. And not like, again, she was my mum as the example as always. She probably wouldn't remember. She'd see it. She'd see Return of the Jedi and probably go, oh yeah, of course that's her. But unless she's seen Return of the Jedi recently, she wouldn't just go, wait a sec, is that that girl from Return of the Jedi? So it's, it's I, I do often feel there's got to be a bit of connective tissue and it's, it's what is it going to be? You know, what is it going to be? And the Easter eggs aren't quite enough because we'll quickly zip through some of those. There's the the two holocrons that are in there. Um, we saw the Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom <laughs> things. Which, cool. Dude, I'm telling yeah. you, man, I, I was sat there with Sam. I was like, no, that can't be them. And then I <laughs> remembered there was the whip in the carbonite. I was like, wait a sec, maybe it is. And when you look mm. it up, it is. Um, and, you know, there's there's been a few little Easter eggs in there. Um, that point to a bit of connectivity, things like mentioning Kessel, which I was surprised about because of, you know, again, it's, that can't be by accident. You know, they want Chandrilla and Os Hosnian Prime. You know, they mentioned those because they are important. You've got Mothma's home planet. You've got Hosnian Prime, which gets blown up, blown up in the, the Force Awakens. You've got Kessel that's in Solo and you've got Jakku. They want people to remember that these exist, this episode exists in that bigger universe, you know. No, it's almost a weird continuity problem mentioning Jakku because it's known for being completely unknown. No one gives a shit about Jakku apart from that final battle, which is yet to take place. That's 10 years away in this timeline. So it's all they're almost putting a continuity error in by mentioning Jakku as having something happening. So mm -hmm. the point being that they want you to know that other things exist. And so that 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 might actually substantiate that a little bit. Um, let's have two seconds talking about the, uh, the 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 tattoos on on ladder. What's his name? I've got some up. Uh, you know what's his name? I forget his name. The guy that steals the kyber crystal. He's got two oh, tattoos boy. on there. He's got the crate's head 
tattoo. Mm-hmm. Clearly a reference to the Crate Dragon, but uh, a couple of Easter eggs online or speculative Easter eggs online. By the hand is his other tattoo, and there's a little bit of speculation just flying around that that might be related to the Emperor's hand. Marijade, uh, uh, man, personally, not. I don't think it is, but uh, don't know. What say thee? Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a reach. I think that one because that dives that dives more into the legend stuff. Mm. And I don't think, I don't think they are, I don't think they're pulling stuff out of there for mainstream Star Wars just yet. So I think that's a bit of a reach, the Emperor's Hand. So so listener who doesn't know, the Emperor's Hand is in, um, it's like this uh, kind of specialist group that reported directly to Palpatine. And um, yeah, and as, as you said, Mara Jade was part of that and... Uh, and that's all that that's all that unfolds between her and Luke and everything in the legend stuff. So that just feels like very off, off, even off the beaten track for. I don't know because Andor is obviously mainstream Star Wars, mm-hmm. but even for something like uh, Obi Wan or anything like that to mention that stuff, even in that would be really off the beaten path. So I don't think it's that dude. I think that's too. I think that's too much a reach. But yeah. I'm interested to find out what it is though. So that's an interesting one. Yeah, I'm curious with that one. Um, I think there's a little bit of, again, just kind of looking up some of the speculation online and some of the things that we'll have noticed. I think this is reasonably going to start tying into things like Rebels. Um, mm. And <clears throat> I think you, that kicks off, that 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 season kicks off with, with a mission to Kessel um, and the free those Wookiees, don't they? Which is uh, which is when Kanan comes out as the old Jedi, whips the old lightsaber out. You know, he must have been working at home as well. So it's <laughs> it's. It, I feel like it's certainly going to look at tying into Rebels, which then leads me to another thing. Arguably, not arguably, actually, someone else that is going to appear in a TV show next year is at the height of their power at this point, or just about to turn into someone that is at the height of their power. And that is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Mm. You know, a military leader from another completely different area of the canon that doesn't need Jedi to work, that is very militarily uh, written, you know, very logically written. Everything is very much about logic and the rebellion and anticipation and getting to know the backgrounds and the artwork of certain things. And it just feels like if if you can stand someone like Thrawn next to someone like Stellan Skarsgård Luthen, you are, there's going to be a lot of fire there. That's, that could be a really interesting, you know, one of those, almost like James Bond in Casino Royale sat there at the table. We all know what's going on. They know what's going on, but it's all nice. And they're playing it. And then there's the subtext, there's the poisoning, there's the... That could be a really interesting dynamic, man, and the timing works. And it's, if, if it, it is so close related to Rebels, they're clearly trying to put a net around all these different Rebel cells. Saw Guerrero's off there doing that thing. You've got the Ghost Crew doing this thing all these other cells firing up, doing certain things. They're trying to organise now. We've seen that in Rebels. They only start to organise about two or three years out from the Battle of Yavin. Uh, properly organise. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe Thrawn could be a thing. Possibly. I think you're right. I think we will have some overlap with Rebels because it's it's bang on that that timeline that we've already seen. 
in Rebels. So this is like the other side of the coin, I guess. It's just another one of those. We know that it all culminates prior to the Battle of Yavin with the whole, all these cells coming together under the the Ahsoka fulcrum thing. Mm-hmm. So we know that. It's just a case of where do the bigger players, and when I say bigger players, I don't mean like the Emperor at this point or anything. I mean like Bail Organa, Mon Mothma. How do these, like Luthan to a degree, how do these people come together? Because it's still, although they are yet to organise, it still feels very fractured everywhere. So I think in this episode, when Mon Mothma and her husband were on their way back from that, thing where they set up this new charity but that was just a front obviously for her to move some more money around he's a bit like you know i don't know what you're doing i found out from some other dude at this party sort of thing so that's fractured the cell that cassian's involved in that's fractured the relation um the thing that luthan's got going around his head he's all nervous and jittery and as you mentioned earlier the shopkeeper who who he's in cahoots with she's like yeah don't worry about it you know it'll either work or it won't you know, no, no ties back to you, really. So just, you know, chill. So that's a little bit fractured. So I feel like at the moment, the the Thrawn thing would be the, the focus point to stop us from dropping into the trap that we have with this one, where you can only go through so many episodes where you're focusing on fractured relationships. Because otherwise, because we're at episode five now, and we've still not really seen... Um anything big of consequence happen so once this raid happens on the garrison we assume is going to happen in the next episode and then we're off to something else we can't just rinse and repeat that oh cassian i've got this new mission for you go and join these band of rebels they'll hate you for a little while but go and do that thing we can't just keep doing that so i think if they bring in somebody else like it would be great to see thrawn dude we're i think not just you and i but i think so many people are hungry to see a live action version of Thrawn, but not enough. I don't think Disney or Lucasfilm have got enough to give him his own show off the bat or anything like that. I don't know. I think this would be a lovely little nugget into the Ahsoka series, which we're clearly going to see him with Ezra. So yeah, I reckon Thrawn towards the end of Andor, we will see. I reckon we'll see a cameo of Thrawn and that will lead nicely into What's happening with Ahsoka? Well, I, what I yeah. what I totally agree with on that is 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 that because of the gravitas again of of, of someone like Thrawn, you know, it, it feels like someone like Skarsgård's Luther needs needs someone of that level. We know that Mothma's bringing someone else in. That's clearly a reveal for later, and I think that'll be someone reasonably prominent. You know, I, I don't think you could tease that and then it just be like, oh, here's this other person that has got no. Like that's no, who cares? Like, we don't know that person. You know, there's no backstory. It needs to be someone that we already recognise. Um, Leia. It it could be, couldn't it? Because she is in the canon in the books. She's just about. She knows that her mum and dad are a, a part of the rebellion at probably age like eleven. She's fourteen at this point in the Andor timeline and she starts doing the junior senator stuff and starts, she's in Rebels like two years later, three years later and she's already pretty well established so it, it could very well be. Um, I mean, via, via Bail Organa. Yeah, of course. He, yeah, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, you, you've got this tenacious 
teenager that he can't control you know his best defense for her is to bring her closer so that he can at least try and protect her while she's doing things she's going to do anyway you know she's doing rebel missions on her own um in the books at this point so um i think that's one thing i i i, I think because of the season two the, the the saying that season one covers one year of andor's life whereas season two will cover four years with a time jump every three episodes which upholds that trilogy arc, um, which takes us right up to the Battle of Yavin. It does. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. you know it's been written that that will be where the stop is, which ties into Rebels. Every, they you know the Ghost Crew turn up ready for the Battle of Yavin. They're at Scarif. You know it's gonna it will take you. I would have thought straight into Cassian meeting Genoso, um, and that story can then be traced right through to the Death Star plans landing in R two D two, which I think is what they're trying to achieve. Um, and Throne is such a pain in their side for three years of that or two years of that or whatever that I just, I'd find it shocking that he didn't have a, a uh, he didn't have a presence against them on Mothmas of the world, you know, meeting each other at a gala or something that Throne was uncomfortable at. Um, and I, I agree, if, if anything, it would be a mention or a small cameo towards the end, um, which would be quite nice. Um, so yeah, no, it's very, very interesting, man. Well, look, I don't think there's loads more to say on that one. It was sort of a weird little episode because whilst a lot happened, not that much happened. It seemed like a lot of setup. Um, yeah, it was rife for speculation rather than on the nose. This is what's happening. It was more like, you know, this could happen or that, like we've spoken about for ages. It's probably linked to that person or that character or whatever. It's probably more like... Star Wars fans, here's a plate with loads of stuff on mm-hmm. that we've teased you with. Go and discuss. We've not given you anything right in your face, like they, which I think was a mistake they made with um, Boba Fett. You know, it was just trying to give you too much on the, you know, on the nose sort of thing, and not really give you a, the little nuggets that we love to talk about. So, mm-hmm. anyway, that's yeah. another one. Yep. No, I agree, man. I think you're totally right, and I, I, I do think that. Next week, I think we're going to see this this Garrison story wrapped up, um, and another. Let's go do this new thing. You know, <laughs> feels like these because especially if if this does chronicle a year of his life, you know, we're only what three days in, four days in. You know, it, it, nothing happened mm. really across like weeks with with the first three episodes. That was over a matter of days, and then the, we know that he was only given five days to do the the raid. So it, it top end what four or five days we've seen so far, and if this entire this entire season is going to cover a year, there's going to have to be something that shifts. So that might be quite interesting once this arc is wrapped up, dude. Um, might be quite. I think what might be quite interesting with this is that I think the the Garrison storyline might wrap up three or four minutes before the end of the next episode, and then we'll have a time jump and a few minutes, and then a cliffhanger. I just feel like that might happen. Mm-hmm. No, you're probably right, dude. Because otherwise it'll be too, if we go into episode seven with a direct carry on from that, then again, we're only at day six or seven, however it might be, like a week in. And then you you, you run the risk of then rushing towards the end, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's the whole, oh, we need to play catch up a little bit. We've got yeah. like 11 months to cover, roughly. So you're going to jump all over the place. So no, I agree with that, dude. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. All right, just to review then, a 7.5 from you. Indeedy. Yep. And a 7 
from me. We will be back next week with a review of Andor episode six. We'll see where we end up, but suffice to say, it is intriguing as we are enjoying it and we're excited to see what comes next week. This has been Spark of Rebellion. I've been one of your hosts, Mr. Mark Asquith. It's always good to chat about Star Wars. And if you want to get involved, you can also chat, shoot the breeze over on Twitter, sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Twitter. And for show, get involved on Patreon at sparkofrebellion.com slash Patreon. Until next week, I am checking out. Gaz, good to see you, dude. Enjoyed seeing your lightsaber, whipping that around for a couple of minutes at the beginning there. You enjoy the rest of your day off, and uh, yeah, cheers for chinwagging, old old love. Yeah, the old chinwag. Had a cup of tea as well. Felt like a proper chinwag. Just needed a biscuit, and um, I'm not going to put the lightsaber on Instagram. I think that would be wrong of me to do that. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, thank you very much, dude. And we will see you guys next week for episode 175. Jesus, we're rattling through these. We'll be at 200, dude, before we know it. So. Yeah, um, as Mark said, go and check out all the things on the Twitter and Instagram. And thank you very much to our patrons. We love you guys. Until next week, take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always.